Welcome to the AEC Groundbreaking Growth Podcast. Hosted by Stambaugh Ness. Welcome to today's episode of Groundbreaking Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Lawrence, here with my co-host, Jen Knox. And we are very excited today to have a special guest, Emily Preston, with us. Yeah. So like Emily Lawrence said, um, we've got a new guest actually from the AEC industry that we're super excited to talk leadership trends with. Um, Emily is actually president of Compass Infrastructure Group, and they are a civil engineering firm based in Columbus, Ohio, I believe. Correct, Emily? Great. Um, Kind of kick us off and get our listeners kind of familiar with you. Can you give us a little bit of background on Compass, um, kind of their history and what it is you do as a firm? Yeah, so um, as a firm, we, uh, me and my co-founder founded the firm in March of 2020. Um, So we've been operating for just under four years now. Um, We perform, uh, we started out performing bridge engineering design and have expanded our service lines to include roadway, survey, and traffic design. Um, We work primarily with public transportation clients, so the Ohio Department of Transportation, county engineers, cities here in Ohio. Um, And we've grown from two to 25 people. um, And we've just really like uh, designing transportation. Yeah. Well, let me just say that growth is pretty amazing for the short period of time you've been in business. And we all know it's been a tough kind of, um, we've had a lot of headwinds economically and with um, the workforce and retaining and attracting talent. Um, can you walk us through a little bit about that growth and maybe what you feel like is attracting talent to your firm? So um, when we started out the firm, um, my co-founder and I are both bridge engineers by background. Um, So we started out by pursuing um, smaller bridge design projects, culvert designs, single span bridge replacements, um, what we would consider small bridges in in our industry. And uh, we were able to self-perform between the two of us, the majority of the design work on those. And over time, um, you know, we had enough single span bridges and culvert replacements uh, that we we felt like we could add on a roadway engineer to do the roadway plans for the the approach work. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we we continued on, um, you know, maybe a year into the firm, we started pursuing slightly larger and larger projects um, and eventually were able to bring on a roadway department manager and then looked at our workload and said, hey, we're giving out, you know, over $100,000 in survey every year. You know, that sounds like a person. Um, so we we pursued a survey um, candidate um, and we're able to bring them on board. And so we were able to start performing more and more of, of each project and then also um, larger and larger projects. My um, co-founder and I worked for a mid-sized regional firm um, prior to, to starting Compass and had experience working on a lot of a very large transportation projects um, in the state of Ohio. Um, so $250 million plus construction projects. And, um, you know, we also did single span bridge replacements while we were there as well. Um, but when we came to the new firm, you're really building the reputation of the firm from day one. And that is so important to our story um, is, 
just the trust that people were putting in us, even from day one, to, to select a new firm, a completely new firm um, that they hadn't worked with before. Now, we do know in our industry, everything's pretty relationship-based. Yeah. Um, so we did have some pre-existing relationships that really um, allowed us to pursue the type of work we were interested in the beginning and get selected successfully for it. Um, now, as for adding the talent, um, it's kind of a long story to get to 25 from two. But what I will say is, um, you know, year one, it was just the two of us. We added our first full-time employee in January of 2021. Um, and so in 2021, we went from two to seven people by the end of the year. So we added five people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it it was a joke because we uh, initially would meet in my basement of my house. We didn't have any physical office space. It was during COVID. I was like, um, it's, and, it's almost like a Steve Jobs, like garage. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it'll start. You know, and, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And so we 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 talk about uh, employees or they'll make jokes uh, with each other as to whether they were somebody who had their onboarding in my basement or not, um, because now we do have physical office space. Yeah. Um, but that first year, um, you know, the first couple of people that we hired, it was nerve wracking for my co-founder and I because. Um, you're almost like, are these people going to trust that we're going to pay them? Like, you know, but luckily in our industry, you know, it's, it's a pretty small group of people. Um, and I think that, you know, the people in our area recognize the integrity, um, and just character overall that, um, Gary and I bring to the table and they trusted us those first couple employees. Um, and so to add five people in a year, you know, that's one employee every two to three months, you can kind of find find that number of people. Um, the second year we went from seven to 18. So we added 11 um, people. And uh, I think that, you know, as we started pursuing these different types of projects, slightly larger, um, and people saw that we were delivering um, what we were promising, that the quality was really good. The word got out really quickly, um, you know, and people were using us for subconsulting roles and, um, you know, people were excited about what we were what we were doing, mm-hmm. and there was a buzz in our our local community, you know, uh, engineering community about it. And I think there was some excitement tied to that. So when we have an open position, there were people that did kind of jump on it and say, "I want to be a part of that," yeah. um, because I think they could they could kind of see that you know we had something good going. Yeah, and Emily, like I love uh, Emily Lawrence. Like that story, I feel like resonates with a little bit of the trends we're hearing around leadership and that um, kind of small startup, almost entrepreneurial type dynamic um, and kind of the change of the leadership trends we're seeing, right? Yeah, and and really, I think people wanting to be a part of something and it's kind of an interesting um, situation that you had of, of really having this startup feel and people could join the company and feel like they're helping develop something and develop a vision for it. Um, And we have, we've been hearing a lot from our clients that maybe this just traditional path to leadership of like, okay, I'll start at a company and, you know, hopefully get paid well or, you know, and kind of grind my first couple of years and then maybe move up and then, maybe move up from there and hopefully develop some skills along the way. Um, 
you know, that that's maybe not as appealing and really what people want is to be part of something and to feel like their voices are heard and like they're part of something. So when you started this firm, Emily, um, what was your why? What was your purpose? Why did you choose to go this route? It can be a long-winded winded story, but yeah. um, uh, I think I knew kind of early on that I was interested in entrepreneurship. Um, my dad was an electrical engineer, and he started his own company in 2000. Um, so I sort of, you know, got to witness him uh, take some risks. Um, I'm the oldest of six kids, and uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom at the time. So true risk is having six kids under 10 and a stay-at-home wife and starting your own company. What I did didn't feel very risky in comparison. So I had that as kind of a, um, you know, backstory um, in the back of my mind of, oh, I could maybe do this. Um, But, you know, as I got into my working career and worked at um, my previous firm, I got a lot of really great opportunities. Um, I had um, great mentors and was able to work on some really cool projects in the region. And really, they allowed me to see what um, teaming looked like, um, you know, what the budgets were, helping write scope and fees, a lot of different things that allowed me to see the industry um, and and just what the upward mobility looked like in that firm. Um, and also to see how, you know, if I did that for myself, what all pieces go into this. Um, and, you know, I started to see, uh, you know, the DBE uh, type firms um, in our area a lot of them had either been bought by another firm or had graduated out of the program. So it kind of looked like there was this kind of void in the market that you could kind of see. Um, and so I think I always thought, you know, maybe it would be 10 years from now or something that I'd start a company. Um, and it it just kind of worked out that my my co-founder and I got the conversation going um, just kind of by happen chance. Um, and we were both interested in doing that. Um, now, to my why, um, like I said, I got really great opportunities at my previous firm. Um, they were a family-owned company, so there were some ceilings to, you know, what opportunities might be available. Um, but it's not that, you know, I ever wanted to be the president of a firm. I actually never, I, I hadn't really thought that through that much. Um, but well, uh, you're there now. So I'm there now. Yeah, I'm there now. Um, but. What I did realize is that when you're in a company that's existed, that's existed for, say, 50 years, um, you know, they've set up a company and a culture in a way that really worked for the people that were there at the time and the people that have come up through the ranks over time. And if I would see a policy that needs changed, like I was definitely somebody that would take the initiative, come up with the you know correct information, present it to the right people, work through how to get other people on board to make that change. And I could have done that. And I could have done that in that company. Um, but you do that enough. And, you know, sometimes I, I could have seen where if I was doing that my whole career that, you know, maybe there'd be some pushback. It never happened there while I was there. But um, I was like, well, you know, you could start something from scratch and really mold it in the way that you want it to be done. And there's definitely some some differences in the way we're setting this company up from scratch. And it's something that, you know, when we talk back to the talent that we were able to attract, we really used that in our job descriptions. And when we marketed the role was help us, you know, help us mold this new company, be a key person in molding this company. And people really were excited about that. And that's part of the reason we were able to attract certain people is because they definitely saw that they would be able to help mold a new company. So for me, um, being able to kind of start fresh 
um, you know, in the, you know, the, the year that we're in and with the technology that we have, we don't have archaic systems that, you know, got started, um, you know, with hand drafting and things like that. So we get the chance to start fresh um, and, and not have to, you know, go through some sort of new implementation of a new software. So it's a little easier to, you know, make those decisions. Now, in 20 years, I'm sure somebody will be griping about the way we set it up, but, <laughs> but <laughs> I'll deal with that then. Yeah, but but are, like, that's the great thing about generational change is, right, we each have the opportunity as we're coming up to either, one, be part of implementing that change at an existing organization, or two, have the opportunity to clean slate it and start it and build it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder, Emily, like, you talk about um, this talent you were able to bring in, and it sounds like it's it's top tier talent. And your firm has been not just you know growing, but financially very successful. You were named PSMJ's Circle of Excellence in 2023. Do you feel like that success ties back to this leadership method and to um, kind of building it collaboratively? Um, you know, we have focused our hiring on value-based hiring. Um, so we've kind of identified, you know, key things that we think differentiate us, um, you know, from our competitors and try to focus on finding talent that fits those values. Um, you know, and collaboration has absolutely been like one of the top ones. Um, we have a very uh, ego and check type personalities in our firm. So it, that's from the leadership of my co-founder and I down, you know, the example we set in a meeting of, you know, am I going to listen to um, someone's, uh, I'm not going to complaint isn't the right word, but their, their constructive advice and, you know, take it well and, and make a change or maybe politely say, you know, we, we decided to go this other direction, but everyone else is paying attention to that. Um, and so throughout the company, they're realizing, you know, what, what are we willing to accept here? Um, and, you know, you see it on a day-to-day basis in our technical staff. Um, you know, a lot of the work that we do when it comes to calculations, somebody's performing the calculations, someone's checking the calculations. There's a thousand ways to design a bridge. Um, and, you know, are there better ways? Maybe, but there's probably adequate ways as well. Um, and so when you have somebody that's designing and checking, you want them to have that that constructive nature to the conversation that they're having if they have a disagreement. Um, and I've definitely been in conversations, you know, previous firm with, you know, other people that maybe weren't in that kind of constructive mindset. Um, and, and that's a difficult environment to be in. And, you know, when we talk about uh, being able to retain people in the workforce and burnout, you know, having a really high stress environment where you're scared of the the, the criticism or that feedback that you're going to get is not a place that, you know, emerging leaders want to be. Um, they really, you know, that constructive environment um, is, it kind of reduces your stress overall. You know that you, you're not going to have somebody beating you up because you didn't do it exactly their way. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. And as you're kind of developing that leadership style and that that office culture, you talked about being a little bit more agile in decision making and sort of being able to implement um, newer technologies really easily. But when you're running those meetings or when you're um, developing like this collaborative culture there, what are some of the things that you're doing and 
maybe talking to peers that are in leadership positions, what are, what are some of the really important things that you are seeing right now? For us as a company, um, I, I try to get buy-in from our senior leadership team um, very frequently. Um, to be honest, you know, I'm coming from 10 years of experience at my previous firm. Um, I've got members on my leadership team that have 30 years of experience. Um, so very quickly, you know, I, I know I'm not the smartest person in the room at everything. You know, you it, it's very obvious, you know, so I really have to surround myself with these different people that have, um, you know, a lot of experience. Um, and each of them, the, the cool thing about bringing these people from all these different companies, these 25 different people, is you get the perspective of 25 other companies. These people are bringing in all kinds of ideas on things that we could implement into our company. And so we really take this, um, you know, we look at other companies that that are, you know, in our in our industry um, and we say, OK, that this one is one we really want to be like when we grow up. Um, and we also take ones we might say, you know, maybe that's not something that we want to do, um, you know, mm -hmm. and it's not that it's the wrong thing to do and they're doing it wrong. It's that it's not the right thing for Compass, like based on the, these values, kind of the direction that we're going. Um, so I think we we just use a lot of collaboration. Yeah. And diver it sounds like diverse perspectives, right? You're pulling on the knowledge of 25 different firms. Um, and, and I'm going to throw this question in there and I don't know if it's, I, cause I don't know your staff breakdown. Um, do you find like the culture you're building, the leadership style that your management and leadership team has, do you think that's attractive to Gen Z as well? Cause I, that's something that we hear so much from other clients and industry, you know, organizations is how do we get this next generation really excited about joining our firms, staying in our firms, um, and, and being successful with them? The first thing I'll say that I've noticed about kind of that newer um, wave of folks coming in is, um, and I'm trying to think how to put this, but um, we found that they want to be in the office. And they want to be learning directly with people and they really emphasize what their expectations are of training and of, you know, having that interaction um, early on in the, you know, when we first got our first office space. I think we were probably eight people and we happened to interview somebody on a Friday and it was just, I think the two people who were interviewing them in the office, we have a four day work in the office, one day work from home and um, they walked through and they're like, they ended up turning us down for our offer because they're like, there's nobody in the office. Who am I going to learn from? Um, and so they're very, they're conscientious of, of, you know, what that training is going to look like. And I, definitely in interviews, I've had it asked many times from, from that kind of you know, new grad type of perspective, what's the ongoing training going to look like for me? Um, so they're, they're really focused on, on that and, and how they're being developed as a person. And I also think um, you know, from some of the um, more recent grads that are kind of those emerging leaders, up and comers, um, you, I noticed that they have a, a much clearer picture of what their why is much earlier than me and my friends ever did. You know, it probably took me till a couple of years ago to be like, why am I doing this? I think some of them are coming out and they're, I don't know if they're being coached for that in college, but they have a more clear picture of what their why is much, much sooner. That's so yeah. weird. Well, and I, th I think that's something um, that I've noticed, too, is like people want to 
you know, there's so many different opportunities and there's so many different ways to, you know, start a career, start a profession, but younger generations want to be part of something. They want to be part of a vision Mm -hmm. and part of that want is having your own vision of what you want your career to look like of what, you know, it's, it's this sense of ownership of your career and of your profession and wanting to drive some of that. And so I think that's really interesting um, in how that's, you know, coming about in these interviews or, or, you know, career beginnings, but it's definitely something that we've heard a lot is I want to be part of something. I want a vision. And so, yeah, that's, that's an interesting observation to come about. Yeah. And, and kind of taking that and maybe looking towards the future, um, I just think of like, right. I, I have, my background is mostly in construction. So I think of that cultural dynamic of kind of growing up on the job site. I grew up around construction as well. And I think about the future and I'm actually really excited because I think there's a great opportunity for, um, kind of the collaboration where we've been talking about here to extend to project teams as a whole, right? And that execution in the field and even in the design phase and coordination phase. Um, So I'm super excited about AEC. And I think some firms may be facing this challenge where no no one wants to raise their hand to leadership and and step into those kind of firm leadership roles. But I think knowing your story, Emily, if if we're kind of positioning them to create their own type of leadership dynamic and their own leadership culture, I think we can do amazing things like as an industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And Emily, anything to kind of, as we kind of close out here to add on your leadership journey, the culture you're building there, or really what you see for your firm and the industry in the next five, 10 years. Like you said, yeah, I think it's an exciting time to be in the industry. You know, we have, um, an unprecedented amount of money coming into the industry in terms of design and construction. Um, for me, um, and I think for a lot of the people who are in engineering, we take a lot of pride in the work that we're doing. And and it, it is a noble profession. It's not something that's super glamorous. It's You could go to a lot of other industries and probably make a lot more money. And, and um, you know, the types of minds that end up in engineering could easily work in the banking or business sector. Um, and so trying to find a way to market what this noble passion sort of thing is about our AEC industry, where we're, we're you know, progressing society as a whole um, can really be used to our advantage, because I think then we find the right people that are in it for the right reasons um, that kind of align with what we're trying to do here. Um, and we're focused on that as a firm, um, because we are, um, we, we filled a lot of our um, kind of senior leadership team, middle leadership team. And we focused on that before we went to hire a bunch of entry levels because we wanted to make sure that we can really devote the time that's necessary to train them in the right way. So over the next you know year or two, we're going to be starting to develop our pipeline of, of entry level, um, less experienced engineers that we're bringing up. And so we're going to learn how well we can train people from scratch as a new company. Um, which is pretty exciting. But I mean, with with the horizon of our industry, um, where it's going with technology, um, you know, 
all of that overall, it's it's an exciting time, you know, just to be doing what we're doing. And I'm I'm super proud of the people and and the work that they're doing for our company and um excited for the next, you know, next couple of years and where it takes Compass and, you know, all the folks that have really um jumped on board our ship um to be a part of it and help mold something really cool. Yeah. Well, if the past has any inclination of the future, you're um you've got a great future ahead of you. And um I know you said it's all the team that's there that's done it. Um so we're excited for you and would love to stay connected to your journey um and maybe even talk again in, in the near future. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate um, it, so, Emily. Yep. Talk to you. <laughs> all right, thank you.